Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to yet another cracking installment of the Map Round Show. We are live in the studio today with the man, the legend, the CEO and founder of Sales Guru, Mark Keating. Welcome back, dude. Matt, thanks so much. Uh, after that kind introduction, even I sound excited to listen to who this guy is, but uh, very, very <laughs> humble. I'm just a normal sales guy that's been fortunate to have had a fair amount of success and been a student of this amazing profession for, sure, look at this gray hair, about close to 30 years now. You have added quite a lot of gray hair since you were first on the show. That I have. I think having two young daughters uh, certainly adds to that, but uh, in two years of COVID, but, uh, <laughs> but life's good. Thanks. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, you're here today to talk about um, something that you've uh, partnered with. Uh, it's called My Mastery, and we're going to get into that um, and the meat and the potatoes around all of that, but maybe for my for my audience around the world who haven't, you know, Found your previous episodes, or maybe don't know uh, exactly who you're about, and you know what you do, and all that kind of stuff, and why should they care? Uh, why don't you give us the kind of you know elevator pitch? Uh, you know, what do we need to know? Kick us off. Perfect. And I presume you want the shorter than half an hour, so I'll make this. Yeah, yeah. Please. I'll make this I said short. it's a cold, cold script. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll make this short and sweet to the point. Uh, I, I'm very blessed to be doing what I love for a living, and 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 that's sales. Um, I think it's the most amazing profession in the world when done correctly. Um, but I find too many people still live a life of sales mediocrity. So coming from sales for almost 30 years, 16 years ago, myself and uh, a partner founded Sales Guru. Um, over the last 16 years, we've now operated in 39 countries, 3,000 odd companies that we've worked with, with one core objective, how do we help them achieve better results within sales? And that covers anything to do within sales, from the salesperson, the structure, the process, sales management, coaching, and much, much more. That's my short little answer. That's a great pitch. Cool. Well done. Thank you, Matt. I'm keen to learn more. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to learn more about? <laughs> How did you actually get into, or let's, I want to go back to the beginning. And I know I've covered sales guru and sales with you quite a bit. And we've done live shows. Remember we did with uh, Gilan Gork, yes. which by the way, to this day, I still think is probably one of the most amazing live shows that, uh, that I've done. Um, he was just freaking people's minds out and you were doing some crazy shit. I don't kind of, it's just like with cards or something. I don't know. It was, it was even for me knowing you guys, it was like next level shit. Um, so you've obviously come a long way and you've built a, a great business. Congrats on your success and expansion and stuff. Um, but if you cast your mind back to the beginning, what was the spark that said to you, you know what? Most companies uh, could do better at sales. I need to go there and go and help these guys. Yes, great, great question. So I, I'd just been very fortunate with my partner to have sold a business. And uh, we were sitting around thinking, what do we do now? And my passion has always been around sales. It's something that uh, from the first day I got involved with it, I, I was just blessed like many people to f to not just fall into sales, but to have found my passion. So I thought uh, with the struggle of salespeople, uh, why don't we launch a sales magazine whereby we would go and interview the top sales gurus, top performers, both locally and internationally, and make an easy-to-read monthly publication. Uh, my partner said, what do you know about publishing and do you enjoy writing? And I said, uh, no and no, uh, <laughs> but I know that there's value in this. Um, came up with a mock-up, uh, literally gobbledygook on 12 pages with some images and cold called some companies to get in front of the head of sales. And I think within six weeks, we'd sold two and a half thousand annual subscriptions. We had several million rand paid in advance to us before we had a product, an editor, a publisher, 
and off we ran with the magazine. And we got that up to 15,000-odd subscribers. That morphed into Sales Guru Live events, which we've done for close to 14 years, uh, the biggest live sales events in South Africa, into what we've done training-wise for the last close to 12 years. Mm. Um, I'm curious. Obviously, I love sales as well. Um, I've got a a small sales team. I've probably had about 25 salespeople over the last four years, I would say. Um, and they, it's interesting for me to see or to maybe underestimate, you know, to my own detriment, who I believe will be a great salesperson. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then someone who I think will be like in, in an interview, like, you know, I know you, for instance, you, you communicate very well. I'm looking for someone who can really communicate. That's pretty much one of the key things I look for. You know, if someone's kind of like not finding the right words or they don't articulate, you know, what they're trying to say in a way that's succinct to the point and that has some kind of relevance and resonance with me, I doubt that you can sell shit. Um, and so what, uh, what I've been proved wrong over the years, like even my number one salesperson, I told, she still teases me to this day. She says to me, her name's Ollie. Uh, I'll wear two in years, an amazing sales lady. And she said, um, uh, she's, uh, she said to me, she reminded me, she was at, I had the whole leadership team here at the house uh, over the, like last weekend. Um, and she reminded me, she said that I apparently said to her that, listen, I don't think you're going to make it. And then here she is just kicking everyone's ass. So um, I'd love for you to weigh in on that, Mark. Like what, where do leaders get it wrong with identifying, you know, good sales talent? So I love that you've raised this question and, and we haven't really had a chat before just getting straight on air here. Um, here's a big one that number one role of a sales leader, a business owner, driving your team, a sales manager, in fact, any role in the business, but let's stick to sales to your question is to hire the right people, set clear expectations, high standards, and hold them accountable to do their jobs. If you sum it up as simple as that, let me go back to your point, hire the right person and 90% of your crap's taken care of. Because if you've got the wrong person, it ends up with a massive challenge. I'm going to expand a little bit, so jump in if I talk too much. It's a passion of mine, this point. So a huge challenge is how do we hire great salespeople? And I've spent the last three months involved with two of the biggest sales assessment companies globally and discussing and looking into this arena of how do you hire these top performing or not even top performing how do you hire salespeople that are going to achieve at minimum their job target and much more gut feel has always been the old historic way listening to what you said um i know you mentioned the communication element here's the amazing thing within interviews for some interviews and some salespeople the best sale they do in the first six months is at the actual interview um this gift of the gab stuff important communication yes but uh, I'm going back to the cliche, you know, this person can sell ice to an Eskimo, hire them. Uh, Eskimos don't need ice. <laughs> I need blankets and food and other things like that. So it's, it's really, I looked at the science behind hiring great salespeople. And I'm going to sum this up in under a minute then quickly. The starting point is getting a clear definition of exactly what the role looks like. Because most job ads and job descriptions are crap. It's the generic uh, self-starter, self-driven, uh, manage that. It's all the normal stuff that, that doesn't define. Making it clear and making it concise to the point that creates a little bit of interest, being truthful about your organization, 
Everyone says we want a high top performer, but is your company a top performing organization or are you allowing the scope for someone to become a top performer? So you've, you've got that environment. And then if we're talking, once I've got something to attract the right level of caliber, what is the process that I put them through versus a gut feel interview over 10, 15 minutes and everything differs? And there's an amazing guy I've been chatting with called Andy Miller who wrote a book and I'm going to butcher the name now, so excuse me. I think it's the science of hiring sales quota uh, or sales uh, quota busting salespeople. Phenomenal. I've just finished it now at the moment. And he's got 29 years in this. He breaks down in his book about the interview process, how everyone coming in goes through a very specific sales assessment, not a behavioral or personality assessment. This is specific according to the role. And then the interview process is very well thought out of from a questioning perspective around the right scopes according to the specific role. I'm almost done. Excuse me, vomiting here, Matt. I can see you rolling your eyes. No, I'm not. But, but, but here's the big thing. If I'm hiring someone <laughs> – if I'm hiring somebody that is in a new business role, a hunting role, what I'm going to be asking them and looking at and diving into and prepared interview questions is very different from a farm or an account manager, inside sales, outside sales, um, uh, call center sales, all of these things. And once I've got this detailed interview process that I'm taking them through, I then get into a very specific sales role assessment. All of these things end up that I've got the best chance of uh, predictive validation. And I'll finish this by saying that when done correctly, and I've looked at the science and the stats, 92% validation rate that the person you hire when running through this full process will be in the top 50% within six months of your sales team and will stay when this process and through that final assessment says don't hire this person according to the role, 75% of those that are still hired are leaving within the first six months. So there is a science behind this, but it's something whereby historically there seems to be a lot of nonsense out there in the marketplace that is claiming to assist around this process, yet there are only a few global organizations that are phenomenal, so definitely worth looking at. Does that answer it? It, it does. <laughs> um, so there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I want to start with assessments. So you and I have had this discussion around, you know, neuroscience and sales and whether it's <clears throat> bullshit or whether there's actual value in it. Um, and I, I don't care either way, you know, but it is certainly something that's out there <clears throat> in the marketplace. You know, it's like neuroscience and sales. It's almost like NLP or, you know, neuro, mirror, mirroring and matching. And like, like I can see you crossing your legs. So I'm going to cross my leg. And so that's how you build rapport, like bullshit, <laughs> shit like that, you know. Although now, like all of that shit goes out the window when you're on Microsoft Teams, you know. Um, so um, assessment. So I mentioned communication. I know it, it's an intuitive thing, which sure. oftentimes is is wrong. Um, so you mentioned these global companies that do assessments and do assess you know people for the right roles. Um, if as a CEO myself, um, where should I go? Or who should I look to to help me? Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> recruit the right sales talent for the right roles. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Hey there, I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. Okay, so uh, two bits I'd like to answer that. One, you spoke around NLP, um, and I do believe that there's tremendous value in NLP when used correctly. Um, You spoke around then this modeling and mirroring, which put a big smile on my face, because for years I see this rapport building and body language scenario spoken about, oh, 96% of everything is body language. Crap, 96% of everything, in my opinion, is is there value whereby if I'm your potential customer, I think I can be better off around what we're discussing and I've got an interest to listen to you. You sitting and modeling the way that I look and mirroring the way that I talk, uh, buyers aren't stupid and, and most salespeople haven't got the basic fundamentals right around how to create value in a discussion and they're now taught to around that stuff, crap. There is some value in it, but most of it's a lot of crap, in my humble opinion. Getting then into uh, who do we approach if I'm wanting to hire somebody? Um, here's what I want to share, Matt. If, if I go back a couple of steps, there's a process we've been working very hard on to partner with uh, a big international organization that once you've got some people coming through your funnel that have an interest in the job, we can help assist on that entire journey to make the best recommendation to your organization. Who do you reach out to? People with a proven track record of success, proven assessments of at least over a million salespeople, um, and much, much more. The biggest challenge is how do I attract people to the top of the funnel because generally the people that you're looking to hire in your organization or for most organizations are not looking for jobs. And when you have a lot of adverts, and I've seen this go out, and the first thing you say on a resume of which, I mean, you see all the stats there, but they reckon 50% of most stuff on a resume has been uh, molded a bit and modeled to sound really great. And then you speak to them and say, why are you you looking to leave? No, bad management, no career prospects, and really look at the results and they've been crap. So how do you attract the right level of caliber that has an interest in potentially joining an organization? That we don't get involved in the recruitment site on on finding. Once you are attracting some caliber in, there's a full process that we can potentially assist through the partners and others on that journey. So um, is it possible to make someone that's not a natural salesperson a salesperson? I'll tell you why, because you mentioned we don't do recruitment. Thank God, because that would be a sucky job for, for trying to find great sales talent because the good ones are highly compensated, highly incentivized to stay, um, and, and most of them do. So it's expensive, very expensive, especially if you're not an, a corporate, as an example, uh, you know, uh, and you're a small business owner or whatever. Um, it's expensive to, to solve this problem. But the main thing is, is like the, there's very few really great salespeople out there from my experience 
So two things. One, would you agree with that, Mark? Do you feel that there's there's an insufficient sales talent pool in this country and more broadly in the other countries that you operate? And then my second uh, question to that is, how do you resolve that? Because if you if, if you if you cannot find them, you have to build them or create, yep. you know foster them and train them and that kind of stuff. So, what are your views on that? Cool. So. Is there an insufficient sales talent pool? I mean, the direct and straightforward answer is hell yes, 100%. And it, it comes back to the root cause of that is that sales historically has not been, is not now, and still isn't going forward, which we've got to amend, a chosen career for far too many people. It's the last gasp solution that people will turn around and say, you know, at school, you know, you've got to get a tertiary degree, an educated profession, a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, great professions and many others. Um, and if you're a, a guy and you, you you don't go into this educated, inverted commas, profession, maybe get a trade, a plumber, an electrician. If you're a lady, um, maybe then you've got secretarial, a nurse, a str- well, all, all these different routes that uh, one can get into. And if none of that works, try the sales thing. It sucks, but maybe it can work. Then people entering into sales – there's generally so little training that we bring in them in, selling a pipe dream in many companies, little experience from effective sales management, and I'm going on a limb here by and large, and we're throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks. Mm-hmm. Most people in sales also, if they've read one book on sales or self-educated themselves, even with one podcast in the last years, a lot. So we end up with a lot of people sitting and in the scenario that they're sucking. And no one wants to get out of bed and suck every day at sales, but too many are. How do we resolve this? In the States, numerous universities now have sales degrees and sales programs. Phenomenal. Here in South Africa, nothing really. Nothing really effective. Um, you know, I, you spoke around globally. Is it the same scenario? Hell yes. Um, I'm busy with a very large logistics international company that I've worked with in Asia, in Europe, in the States. And... South Africa and all of the challenges are consistent regardless of company or or, or country, should I say. So how do we resolve this? You've got to have an effective program to upskill people on the fundamentals of the sales process. And and this has got to cover areas um, around, you know, I mean, basics about what sales really is, Um, the basic fundamentals of effective sales mindset of effective goal setting, of effective accountability, planning, productivity, prospecting, discovery, and so much more. I'm not going to ramble on that. Mm. And where we're not giving people the best chance, too often getting back to your recruitment position, companies are saying, hopefully let's cross our fingers and find a sales rainmaker that has all of that, that can come in and just make our organization grow. My challenge to anyone listening to this, whether you're in if you're a sales manager or organization, what are you putting in place to give your salespeople the best chance of success when they join and what's their growth format going forward in the educational process to upskill continually? And if you're a salesperson and you're not getting it, stop moaning, whining, bitching and complaining. What are you doing about that yourself? There's a wealth of information that you can have access to on the internet and other places or programs that you can attend. But uh, if you want to add value to your career, if you want to add value and be one of these rainmakers that Matt's talking about, um, self-educate and the world's your oyster. Yeah, I'm curious about that. So I spend a lot of time uh, building training, uh, you know, videos and assets and things like that. But I'm doing it because I want them to, going back to what we touched on earlier, is to model how I engage, 
so I record client engagements essentially. So it's a way for them to see not just a theory. And so this is on this slide, you talk like this and then you've got to make the, you, you just show them, you know, here's 10 videos or 10 client engagements that went really well that helps you understand, okay, this is what that sales experience uh, looks like. But it's certainly not a, you know, a, a robust training program that talks about canvassing and the role of technology. So we've got sales enabling technology called Find My Prospect. It's like Lucia or Zoom Info or any of these sort of things. So we've built our own, um, you know, digital yellow pages, essentially. It's the most powerful, amazing sales tool ever. Um, but, you know, we don't talk about the role of these tools. I mean, oftentimes I'll interview someone and they'll go, what's that? And I'm like, what? This is like the most remarkable. If I could want to talk to the CEO, I'd just phone you, you know? Um, but they don't, they're not aware of that. So I don't talk to them about mindset and being hungry, you know, for results. We don't, we don't think about long-term compensation plans and incentives. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Especially when you're a small business. Now my audience are like the majority of them, 70% are business owners in the C-suites. That's my audience. But the majority of them are business owners who don't have that skill set or that knowledge capital. And many would make the excuse, the excuse and the argument that they don't have the time to do this, yep. to, in, to invest in this. How do you overcome that? Sure. And th another great question on the Matt Brown show. We try here. <laughs> so <laughs> let me answer that in, in, in a couple of ways then, Matt. Um, I think here's the challenge you spoke around that you are still making an effort to create material where you are factually showing them examples as to what they could use to be better off. Huge point on that. I find a lot of sales training material is so generic and vanilla that it isn't specific to an organization and what you sell and your buyers and your market and molded around that. So generic, the info is out there. No one knows how to use them. Next point, there's also a massive difference between the theory and the practicality. And here's the problem in a lot of organizations. I see that they see sales training or the investment of upskilling their sales team as an expense as opposed to an investment. Mm. Number one thing that you look at in your business or any business looks at, and I had this line from Andila Kamala, a good friend of mine. He says, the number one thing entrepreneurs, business owners look at, the revenue that's come in monthly. Your, your first eyes don't go to the expenses. Revenue, sales, it's the most important part of a business without any ego and arrogance. But yet we'll go and do maybe one day a year sales training and hope that that's just going to stick on the theory of, of, of what's been covered. It's the same as I'm wanting to make you improve and you're a tennis player. I'll give you one day of coaching a year and just go and get out there and play some matches and hopefully you get better. What is the program that you're doing? And it's not just the theory, but how do we implement? How do we coach? How do we measure? How do we review? How do we ensure that we're getting a much better route? And that comes down to the value of effective sales management and coaching. If I come back then to answer the last point, here's a massive challenge. Um, large corporates have got learning and development and training budgets, and we're very blessed in my business to work with many of them on an ongoing basis. But your smaller SMEs battle to find access to content, the likes of which we create and do and, and other companies do here and globally. Um, and I suppose that kind of leads into why I was so excited to get involved with my mastery um, and what we could bring whereby – there's an ongoing program, the 12 lessons, there's a module that we can take them through a journey because humbly, a lot of once-off trainings, you're never going to get an end result unless, again, it's 
specific, measurable, implemented, molded, coached feedback, and so, so much more that we can do on that. Does that answer your question? Um, it does indeed. I'm actually trying to bring up the My Mastery uh, website for us so we can have a look at what you're talking about. So maybe let's let's talk about this because, <clears throat> in fact, just before we double down on, on My Mastery, so um, there's a lot of things that we're touching on, right, in terms of compensation plans, training, uh, you know, and the, the huge potential scope of investing in your sales team, helping them grow so that ultimately your business can grow and, thing, and things like that. Looking at all of it, Mark, is there, and this might be a difficult thing to, 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 you know, to hang your hat on, but I'd like you to go on a limb and just try and do it for me. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. You ready? What's the one thing, one thing that makes someone succeed in sales or not? Yo, um, it's a big question. I told you. Let me try and see how much I can break this down. So I, I talk around very passionately the DNA of sales, that this inherently is what everyone has within sales, and it's the level at which you're able to do these three core things and many others that determines your level of results. Foundation, mindset, desire, drive, belief system, accountability, ownership, um, understanding of target is your job, your goal is why, and much more. You've got planning, productivity, prospecting, skills, discovery, closing, or, and many, many others. If I narrowed it down to one thing, I think that it is consistently doing the core fundamentals correctly on an ongoing basis. I've met people that are tremendously talented and have the ability to become top performers in sales, but never amount to much because they're not prepared to do the hard work every day. Um, I find others that are mediocre but are becoming immensely successful because they're following a proven recipe and implementing it with discipline. And I think that within that lies probably the big thing from a management perspective, creating a consistent framework, not just per team but per individual, and holding them accountable to do the basics correctly on an ongoing basis. Consistency and discipline around a proven framework. Hmm. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Guys, I'm going to try to bring up uh, the My Mastery uh, website for all of you. Bear with me. I wasn't planning on such an amazing experience with Mark Heating. <laughs> can can, can okay. I add into something uh, yeah, as dude. you're bringing it up there at the moment? I got it up here for everybody. So, yeah, go ahead, mate. So, a, a, another really key point here and cool point, Matt, is why is it that we find, and I've been studying high performance for several years now, why is it that some teams outperform other teams on an ongoing basis? Even if the talent isn't as high, and you can talk from sports, business, and many, many other elements. And the resounding element is the huge value of an effective coach and manager. If you even have a look at the, and many of your viewers might not know, the Springbok rugby team, mm. have a look at the difference that Rusty Erasmus here as our head coach made and manager when he came in before the World Cup and the um, horrendous run of results before that. Similar players, nothing changed. And what we've certainly invested a huge amount of effort and what we see have the biggest impact on sales team's results is the ability of an effective manager or leadership structure to put in place a process, not just per team, but per individual to create a framework for that individual for success. And there's quite interesting information around that. But in my opinion, if I want to look at the results of an organization's sales teams, 
I'm going to look at the sales leader and sales manager and investigate what have they structured per individual to give them the best chance of success as well. Hmm. So I'm, I'm moving to the States, as you know, hopefully one day soon. Um, no, I'm serious though. It'll be end of July. <laughs> cool. But, um, I think about what the opportunity could be there for, for me, you know, I love selling and that kind of stuff. Um, and what, and the, and, and knowing, or I suppose going back to the idea of intuition, um, having a, probably an assumption that what we find here in South Africa around sales competency, the lack of sales coaching, you know, or great sales coach, whatever you want, want to call it, or an accountability executive or whatever the case might be, um, that the problems that we exist, that we find here, you'll find everywhere typically. You know? um, and so it's interesting to hear you speak about the role of a sales coach. Um, you mentioned something earlier around inside sales and outside sales. We're going to come to my mastery in a moment, guys, uh, but this is really important. So what is the difference between uh, inside sales and outside sales? And what is the relationship to sales success in sales teams? Um, Matt, it, 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 it varies to a large degree on the industry and structure of a company. And I know we're talking to the size of a sales team. Um, so if we're talking, you know, the States generally leads a lot of our sales terminology, um, inside sales, outside sales, uh, business development rep, uh, and, and many, many other roles within a sales organization. Um, outside sales is predominantly dealing with the marketplace that we're going into and, and getting out there, um, whether it's physically or through virtual, that, that I'm actually expanding and business development. If we're talking inside sales, and I just want to make sure that I'm bringing across this in the right format, inside sales is predominantly where we've got incoming um, uh Incoming leads, incoming conversations, incoming interest, or predominantly even it's and it's skewed a little bit here in the South African context, whereby I've got someone dealing from an inside sales perspective, whereby I'm never uh, dealing or, or leaving an office-based environment. Um, where I'm going to just go a little bit sideways on this point, um, for a lot of SMEs and even mid-sized companies that we engage with nowadays in South Africa – we are still fairly behind the state's model when it comes to breaking in these roles. And what I mean, most organizations I deal with when I start to look at their structure, tell me about your sales force and the roles, most are hybrids. I want them to be a hunter, a farmer, a hybrid. I want that person to pretty much do everything in the organization. And in that lies a massive challenge because way too many people are very comfortable being an account manager I'm going to really be a bit controversial here. Too many are coffee, coffee and muffin meetings, people. I'm just managing a relationship. I'm really good. Well, that's order taking customer service. Um, and very few have the ability or the skill or the aptitude or the desire to want to go and develop a lot of new business. So this hybrid model is another separate topic. But I guess in, in finishing off, we've got a lot of terminology coming out the States. If I'm talking for, depends on, on, on your industry, it's looking at who is the customer base that you are wanting to acquire, what is your existing customer base, um, and what is the scope according to the growth needed in either of those as to hiring the right people in the right roles to achieve your, your outcomes. Should you ever outsource your sales? Uh, not, but to be clear here, not your lead gen. Yeah. That you outsource if you don't have capability internally. But specifically your 
your sales engagements. Maybe maybe let's do it like this. You've got pre-sales and sales. Yeah. So let's, that's a simple one. Pre-sales is like identifying whether this business is in market to buy the thing that you're selling. And then you hand that over to a salesperson who can potentially look at a technical sales solution for that particular customer. So I'm using B2B because that's what, where we specialize. Um, you know, do you outsource your, your pre-sales and your sales or when is, when are there advantages to, you know, doing one or not doing the other? Does that make sense? Sure. Um, Matt, I, I think it really is on a case-by-case basis. I think it depends on your organization, what your budget allows for, the investment, uh, what your history has been, where your challenges are. Um, you know, I, I think on pre-sales, there, there is, I've certainly seen a fair amount of value with great organizations being able to assist with that and even lead gen and many other things. I think that if you're talking on the sales environment, whereby if I'm running an organization and I'm just not getting the level of attraction through my current sales force, well, direct and honest, then maybe you need to replace your sales leadership uh, because ultimately they're responsible and accountable for ensuring that they've got the right structure, the right people and driving results. If that's the reason that you're outsourcing because you can't get this right yourselves, um, you've got to relook at the, the, the current environment. I think that there are some organizations that can assist with outsource sales, Personally, I think that there's always tremendous merit in trying to own that relationship internally yourself, but I think it also becomes on a, 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 an acquisition cost per customer, and you've got to also look at the numbers and what your results are. I think if anyone is looking at that, investigate it and even maybe run a pilot and, and, and see what your results are, but there's got to be a certain level of accountability on both sides, and it's not just – here's probably the biggest point – if you're looking at this as a quick fix and, oh, we can't get this right, so let's just outsource it, why aren't you able to get this right? Mm. And, and trying to fix that resolution. But some organizations, if they can do it better, faster, cheaper, and achieve greater results, look at the outsourcing side. Mm. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you for that, Mark. So now let's talk about my mastery. We got there in the end. <laughs> cool. So I brought it up on screen for everybody. Um, so, Mark, what is my mastery so i've got it up on screen entertain inspire educate your all access positive voices minds and experiences of south africa's most influential instructors so cool so that's the premise what have you encountered there what is it it is an amazing online learning video on demand platform uh if i can use a simple context that it is similar to what is launched in the States for several years called Masterclass, but this is the African version of this with African and South African subject matter and industry experts bringing their best bits of information, skills, and experience through a range of video classes, short video lessons um, into a marketplace whereby if you look at South Africa as a starting point, the vast majority of these subject matter experts are brought in by corporates that have fairly large budgets to share with their internal uh, staff or employees, but the vast majority of people never have access to these subject matter experts. So just finishing off, I, I was asked by Richard Rain, a hell of a good friend of mine now, in the last several, several months, uh, he's the CEO of My Mastery, um, that said he's launching this and, and would I have an interest in getting involved? He had me at launching this. and um, He had me at hello. <laughs> he had me at hello. And <laughs> I, I, I've been blown away by the level of other industry experts that he's been able to 
partner with, um, or if I rather use a term that have been open to getting involved with my mastery. So it's allows the normal person access to a huge range of industry subject matter experts on a huge range of topics at a very small nominal fee that they wouldn't normally have access to. Cool. So I've got it up on screen. I'm actually, I found your class. Um, so Mark Keating, the real sales guru. <laughs> Do you follow Sad Guru? Have you heard uh, I, of him? I, I don't, but I would want to make a point. Uh, you know, it's always <laughs> an interesting thing. When I, So the company I launched was called Sales Guru. I thought it was a fantastic title, and we launched with the magazine. Why Sales Guru? Because we interviewed a lot of the leading experts around the world. I then uh, trademarked the world, uh, or the word South Africa's sales guru here because it's a great branding, but I never claimed to be, and this is important to your listeners and to you, Matt, the sales guru. That would be so arrogant and egotistical. I'm a student of sales, and there are numerous amazing sales gurus globally, and I'm always looking to come across what is the best context and content that I can share with audiences. Well, let's talk about your content on my mastery. So... Um, so I see class preview. How many lessons are there? Matt, uh, you, you might catch me off guard here, uh, but, but I, I correct You did too many to remember. No, no, there, there are 12, uh, if I understand, 12 lessons and roughly between 10 to 13 minutes a lesson. So these are bite-sized chunk uh, bits of information around the best that I could share from the last 27 years with the sales experience. So um, to confirm, there's 12 Fantastic. 12 is like 12 principles for high impact entrepreneurs from my book. Just saying. Yeah, I, I love There's it. There's something magical about the number 12. I'm yeah. just saying. I don't think the word, I don't think 13 would have been the best number to have started with. So <laughs> very happy to follow my mastery's 12. So tell me, uh, Mark, what is your intended outcome here? What kind of change or difference do you want to make? Intended outcome. I, I think the starting point is that. <laughs> Anyone within a sales role or a business owner or a sales leader that is looking to be inspired um, and that is looking for real-world information, regardless of what their role is in sales or industry, that I could share some of my – well, not share, share the best of my last 27 years with experience, that they can leave and have something that they can use to help them increase their sales results. And I've looked hence at the 12 modules or 12 classes that I could cover enough within that that there's something for everyone. Um, So – it's, I must say, I'm going to bring it up on screen again because we are here to promote this. And I also, also want to encourage people to go and get access to your content because I'm a huge fan of the work that you do. Um, and I believe that you are a sales guru, just saying. Um, but it's shot beautifully. Walk, walk us through how this thing was actually created. So the way in which we, we, we created this, uh, you know, Richard had a chat with myself, Richard, the CEO of My Mastery, and gave me context to 12, 12 modules odd as, as to what he wanted. I then spent a fair amount of time developing and writing these specific modules. The filming, and I'm glad you mentioned it, it, it is the best that I've ever encompassed in the last 27 years, having worked with a lot of organizations. Uh, three cameras, um, the most amazing AV and tech um, people that I've worked with to date. And we shot this over an entirety of a full day. So by the end of it, I think I, I was struggling to even speak properly. Yeah, I'm sure. Lighting amazing and from several different angles. And the objective is that it it's, looks a lot more informal than me standing on a stage trying to just 
barf out content at someone. It's more from a conversational perspective. And the way in which it was shot is to try and take each one of these modules around a key topic, key points, and a takeaway filmed in the most amazing way that makes you actually want to sit and even watch this old gray face <laughs> giving you some amazing content. Yeah, um, it, it, it is great. We touched on that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing bad yourself. I know, yet. dude. I know. Let me get a tight here. Look at this grayness. Look at that. Silver fox, mate, I'm telling you. My wife loves it. Um, so, I mean, I think this is really cool. I want to quickly touch on how much this costs. Sure. Um, so uh, walk us through, um, you, know, you know, to get access to my mastery, your particular training, you know, what do we need to know there? So uh, two ways in which, in, in which the model works. You either have a monthly subscription of 295 Rand, uh, which allows you access not just to my masterclass and all of those classes and modules in that, but to all of these amazing subject matter in, uh, experts across various industries. And they're adding more on a monthly basis. Phenomenal. 295 rand a month. And I think in dollar terms, probably $1. No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, trying to, it's about uh, $20 a month. Yeah. Alternatively, they have a once-off 695 rand a month. Sorry, 695 rand once-off. That gets you full access just to all of my specific modules, those 12 classes uh, and my master class. So once off 295, sorry, once off, it's been a I'm on there where it's 495 unless their prices are going up. Uh, okay, there we go. Is well, it 495 or 695? The, the, the once off. Yes. Okay, once off, sorry. 495, 495. once off. Or two ninety five. Or two ninety five for the uh, whole thing. For a whole thing. And again, you know, if anyone's interested, jump onto mymastery.tv. And all of the information is on there for you to have a look at. MyMastery.tv. Yeah, it's great. And I see there's, um, let's see who else I know here. Uh, Ran Neuner, Katriona Burford. Oh, teacher sex and intimate connection, Mark. 100%. Uh, they certainly couldn't bring me on as a subject matter expert on that. <laughs> so, so that was fine. Uh, you've got Mark Lotching on comedy, amazing. Andila Kamala's just launched now on entrepreneurship, and I've known Andila for several years. Phenomenal speaker and, and, and uh, expert in that space. Bonang is on there on leadership and many, many others. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, congratulations, Richard, right? Richard Rain. Richard Rain. Yeah, congrats, CEO. Richard, on your initiative, dude. I think it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, so what I didn't see in, as part of your 12 episodes, uh, Mark, is uh, the one entitled The Million Dollar Cold Call Script. <laughs> so I did one recently, shot the lights out, had about 30,000 views on YouTube. I just like to see how your million dollar cold call script differs to mine. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Yep. And I know you're an IP guru. Are we starting with your one first? No, bro. You're going to watch the video. I've told you. Everybody's <laughs> seen my video. It's been released, gone out around the world. I want to know uh, from, from your perspective what a cold call script looks like. Now, for context, um, we've made, I don't know, millions of dollars in sales, and it's all been on the phone. We've never spent a cent on marketing. Um, and I want to also use this as a point of departure to talk about a sales system. So in our sales system, we, uh, we essentially, it's a, a cold call, it's a meeting, it's a pitch, it's a proposal, and then an ultimate, hopefully a close at the end of it. So that's kind of what our sales system looks like, but it's meetings, proposals, sales. That's pretty much the three pillars. But it starts with the call mm-hmm. itself. Um, and so if you can't call and can't create an itch, you're not going to, you know, 
get the scratch with the sale at the end of the day. Um, so if you've got, you know, 60 seconds to convince someone to give you 30 minutes of their time, that's kind of what I'm looking to for you to weigh in on. Um, then, uh, you know, what, what should go into that? You know, so we've, you and I have discussed this previously uh, in the context of email. You know, what does a short email look like? Um, but if you were to paint a picture, it can be high level, as detailed as you like, Mark, about what, how, you know, what does a million dollar cold call script look like or an effective cold call script look like? Uh, walk us through beginning, middle, end. Cool. So uh, allow me to go on a little bit of a rant and share some info on this as yeah, well, please. Matt. It's, it's kind it. of a very big passion of mine. Uh, probably the biggest within the sales process is prospecting. And I'll tell you why, because it doesn't matter how great your product, your service, your offering, your belief, your enthusiasm around what you do, if you cannot get in front of enough people on an ongoing basis, your business is closed, it's dead. Prospecting has been, is, and always will be, in my opinion, one of the most important skills to not just become good at, but to master if you want a great career in sales. Yet it's the number one skill that most salespeople suck at. And I started when we just had a telephone on the desk, a yellow pages or a phone book, and off you went. Or the old school of, of cold calling, go and knock on doors. Uh, and that's showing my age. Then I'm giving you a quick little bit of run-in. Then email arrived in the 90s. Oh, it was the godsend for salespeople. The, the hallelujah, and, the, and it would, let's pray up to heaven because now I don't have to cold call. All I'm going to do is just send out a whole lot of shitty emails, cross my fingers, and hope people come back. The start of spam, way worse than a bad cold call. Mm-hmm. Bad emails, and hence why spam filters and all of these other things. Then uh, in the last several years, we've got the social selling has arrived and, and all of these great books, never cold call again, cold calling's dead. Uh, all of these people jumping in because they're servicing a need because salespeople hated cold calling because they sucked at it. So the skill of how to make a great cold, cold call has diminished tremendously in the last 10, 15 years, even to the extent whereby the skill of how to make a great social selling call or an email has also diminished because the fundamental of what you do on the phone pushes through into any other channel that you can prospect into. So that's just leading the the starting point in regards to why I feel that this is such an important element to master. Here's the challenge as well, is that most sales managers were never great at cold calling themselves. Most sales teams aren't great at making the call. We don't do enough. I don't know how and who do I reach out to. The Matt Brown Show. So, uh, how do I make a, a, a great cold call? Ring, ring, hi, hi, how are you? Uh, I'm good too. Um, I, I was just wondering if you might possibly perhaps be interested in, in hearing uh, about my company. Uh, we're the leading experts in the field of X, Y, and Z. And uh, I, I'd like to tell you a little bit more and arrange a time that I can come and give you an overview uh, and t- tell you everything that we do. Uh, is that the million dollar, Matt? Yes, I just gave you a sound effect <laughs> called wah, 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 wah. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty shitty call. Who we are, what we do, and why we're great. Nobody cares. Yep. Nobody gives a toss. Nobody cares about you, your company, your products, your services. They care about one thing. What's in it for them? How can they be better off? Several different ways that people go about this. Number one, I'm telling you quickly how to remove the, the, the nonsense. And, and there's a good deal of this on my mastery.tv, on my masterclass that I've got in there on prospecting. So how do we remove it? Please get rid of this term, how are you? Because nobody cares. You don't care. They don't care. And it screams sales call. 
direct and to the point is what you get with me today. Uh, uh, is it okay if I can have uh, five minutes? Uh, can, can I steal a minute of your time? Or why are you begging and pleading? And nobody wants to give you their time if they think it's a sales call. Uh, so what I rather lead in with, and, and this is modeling some of the best stuff that I've come across in 25 years and some of the best prospecting number one performers I've worked with. Hi, Matt. Mark Keating calling from Sales Guru. Let them know who you are. Briefly, the reason for my call, Matt, I've got a very quick question. Have you got a minute? You don't know what the hell this is about. I'm asking you briefly. I'm saying that I've got a quick question. Have you got a minute? By and large, people will give you this opportunity. How do you stop vomiting all over them about yourself, your company, what you do, why you're great and what you want? You ask the question and the entire meat and potatoes and value of your call is based on the question you're going to ask do they believe that there's a requirement, potential value and interest around the question? Stop talking about you and ask the question about them. So if I'm dealing with Matt and, and uh, Matt, you mentioned that maybe we've got a struggle when it comes to prospecting and most salespeople are sucking at it and most sales leaders are pulling their hairs out. I know that if I'm setting my our prospecting program, I would say, I've got a question. Have you got a minute? Cool. Matt, a lot of small business owners that I'm dealing with, like yourself, have an ongoing challenge with the amount of effective prospecting that their sales team is doing and ensuring that their diaries are full enough to achieve the sales targets. Is that a challenge for you and your sales team at the moment? Or is that something that you're also experiencing with your sales team? Because if you're not, is there any value in us chatting further or meeting? Mm. If it's Matt uh, battling with, if I'm selling recruitment, Matt, you know, a, a lot of business owners I'm engaged with have an ongoing challenge when it comes to finding great sales talent and retaining that talent. Is that something that you also find in the marketplace at the moment? So I'm going to ask the question. I, I mean, we can talk uh, banking. A, a, a lot of uh, companies that I'm engaged with or, or a, a lot of small businesses I engage with um, are, are finding from a banking perspective, I'm winging this now, that often they feel that they're just another number and don't get the, the, the really great value um, when it comes to rewards and service as much as they'd like. Is that something you also experience? Tell me about the outcomes that I can provide, the challenges that we can do. And if you'd say to me, well, yes, obviously, or yes, fantastic, tell me a little bit more. Or I could say to you, if I want just the meeting, Cool. Would you be open to just a, an initial discussion for 20 minutes so I could share some ideas that are working well with others to see if this could potentially add some value to you and your business? Or I can discuss further. So the, the objective, let's tell them who we are, the reason for my call. I've got a very quick question. Have you got a minute? And ask the question. The question is everything related to the value in regards to what you do. Think about the crappy cold calls you get from from some of the bad cellular companies. Are you interested in our latest phone offering? Well, hold on. How about I'm speaking with a lot of people that have an existing contract but are open to ways that they could reduce their monthly calls. Is reducing your costs on your monthly calls something that would be important if you could? Show me something of value. Mm. Does that make sense? And I want to add one last thing because I do follow some, some other amazing sales experts uh, globally. And, and the one guy in the UK, he has a very different way of looking at this, which I think can work. He starts off and says, uh, hi, Matt, I'm going to be upfront with you. This is a cold call. Uh, you can either hang up now, or allow me 30 seconds and then decide what would you prefer? And often people say, oh, go ahead, I'll give you the 30 seconds. 
and you're being upfront. But I think the worst thing is, uh, is this a sales call? No, no, I just want to introduce my car. The problem with all of this, the theory makes sense. If you don't write out the question effectively, if you mm. don't spend a lot of time in molding that question to suit your target audience and practicing and rehearsing and role-playing, so everyone says scripts are bad. No, no, we all have a script. It's just too many of your scripts suck at the moment. Upgrade the script. And then what are the key objections that I might get? I might get a no. If, if they're not interested, there's no point in me discussing further. They don't believe they've got a challenge or requirement. That's cool. But if they do, often I could get the answer, yes, but we already have an existing provider. Yes, but we don't have budget right now. Yes, but how are we able to answer or discuss a potential objection? You don't just overcome. Does that give you enough in a it, short space of time? It does. Thank you. I'm going to make my sales team watch this. Cool. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think it, it's fascinating to – to hear different, uh, you know, there's there's ways that work and there are ways that don't, but there are many ways that work. Yeah, you know, um, and so like we've we've got we've developed something called the seller framework internally, which is like when you're on the actual, so the, you've now booked the meeting. How do you conduct the meeting? So you have oh, to love that, you know, because I think those are those are two different things, you know, mm-hmm. so. Um, and there's many frameworks out there that work, and, and it, but I think it's it's important to decide which one works for you. Sure, you know what I'm saying. And sure. I, and I and my my from listening to you speak, Mark, my sense is is that what works for you needs to be personalized to the thing that you're selling. Hundred percent. This and the question is 100% personalized and not looking at what we want. It's looking at what are the potential buying motives of our marketplace because that's what you've got to speak to. Nobody cares about my company or your company if we speak to them. How can it help them achieve a result that would be important enough? What are those results? What are the challenges? And build that specific question or framework around that. Great stuff. Cool. Mark, I know you've got a big meeting to get to, so I'm cognizant of time. Um, but maybe let's, uh, let's just do a couple more questions cool. and then we'll kind of, kind of wrap up. So um, let's talk about um, you know, your motivations here because – there's you you are very well known uh sales guru <laughs> uh to use that term uh, specifically um you didn't have to do you know you didn't have to do my to be quite frank you didn't have sure. to do my mastery but yet you chose to do it why so direct and honest i i think it's always nice to be recognized without any arrogance as being able to add value into something like this when I looked at the other subject matter experts and they are top of their field, it, it, it was a privilege to a degree that I could be invited in to share a platform with the other uh, leaders or industry experts. Um, I think it is also a way that I do have a passion and I speak around this quite strongly that I'm wanting to really be the preacher of why sales can be an amazing profession in our marketplace because it still doesn't have that it's still got this negative stigma to a degree, and I thought this platform can reach more. And um, by and large, I think, you know, really direct and honest, um, I wouldn't like the opportunity of somebody else coming in and suddenly being seen as a subject matter expert in sales when I've got the opportunity. And that's not to say that there are not a lot of other great people out there doing similar things to myself um, and that I'm also passionate about what they're adding to our industry, but uh, an opportunity I certainly couldn't turn down. Fantastic stuff. Well, 
Um, maybe one last question. We've covered a lot of ground here. Um, clearly, you've demonstrated expertise. So I'm definitely going to get uh, buy a license for my team to go and consume your content um, as part of the ongoing leadership and investment in my sales team. Um, but uh, what, what do you want our viewers and listeners around the world to do right now? So they've, they've stuck with us the whole way through. What do you want them to do? Right now, well, firstly, thanks for sticking through and not switching off and that you're still with us. Um, my biggest thing I'd like to ask everyone to do, get onto mymastery.tv, go and have a look at the offering. If you're from a sales perspective and got some value from my discussion with Matt today, go and make that investment. It is a tiny investment for the amount of content that you're going to get. Um, and I, you know, there's, I said to Matt before we started, you want to guarantee buy a toaster. I'll personally guarantee you that it's well worth tenfold, twentyfold, thirtyfold the investment in regards to what corporates would pay for that same material. I am on LinkedIn as well, Mark Keating. If anyone's interested, connect with me. And uh, biggest thing, wave that sales flag high. Invest in yourself and create the success, and continue to make the sales profession an amazing industry to work in. Mark, thank you for your contribution. I hope that you know this uh, this interview's made a difference. I'm sure it has. Uh, guys, go and check out mymastery.tv. Um, I, I totally agree with you, by the way, Mark, around like the, the opportunity cost. Like if you made one sale, like, I mean, come on, like $20 or 300 Rand, like, you know, you selling like a haircut is worth more than, you know, 300 bucks or 400 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever. So if you made one sale of that, you're going to make, you know, 10, 20, 30 times back your money. So go to mymastery.tv, guys. Uh, great. Great uh, platform, bring it up on screen for you all. Uh, check out Mark's class and all the other classes there. I think uh, education is a big problem that we all have, um, in, especially in Africa, but more broadly around the world. So, Mark, thank you for your time, buddy. It's been great to have you here. Always awesome to be with you, Matt. Thank you. And thank you all for sticking around. It's a real privilege uh, having you support the show. Without you guys, we wouldn't have a show at all. This is Matt signing out, and I'll see you live again soon. Ciao. Hi there, guys, and thank you so much for checking out the Matt Brown Show. If you want more content like this, head on over to YouTube where you can catch my Million Dollar Principles channel and more interviews on the Matt Brown Show YouTube channel. Get weekly thought pieces and advice and so, so, so much more. And don't forget to like and subscribe for more Matt Brown Show episodes. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.